Hello, everyone. I'm Holly Pennebaker, and you're listening to a new episode of HCI's 9 to Thrive HR. This podcast features experts and practitioners in the field of HR and brings their knowledge of the most pressing issues facing talent management right to you. We talk about current industry problems, but most importantly, we discuss solutions that you can use in your own organization. People analytics is certainly a topic people can't stop talking about, especially with workforce planning issues today. We're always looking for the latest on things like agility's role in the workforce planning process, technology and controls around workforce planning, and also what to do when change goes down and throws a wrench in your long-term plan. HCI is grateful to have two experts with us today to guide you through today's best workforce planning practices. Neil Shastri of Aon, who's Director of People Analytics and has more than 12 years experience as a management consultant is with us. And he's accompanied by Ranjan Dida, who's Partner of People Analytics Practice Leader at Aon. So guys, how about telling us a little bit more about your backgrounds and what you're up to? Thanks, Holly. Glad to be here. Uh, this is Ranjan Dutta. I lead the people analytics practice at Aon. Uh, have been at this for the last five to seven years now. Uh, was a faculty at the University of Texas before. Uh, had worked in the analytics and benchmarking fields in other functional areas like IT, marketing, HR in the past. Um, people analytics is a very fast-moving and a growing area, and I'm very happy to see the progress I'm seeing uh, around uh, different organizations at this point. Uh, really looking forward to the conversation around workforce planning today. Neil? Thanks, Ranjan. Um, hi, Holly. My name is Neil Shastri. I am a director in the People Analytics Practice at Aon. Uh, been with Aon for about 12 years now um, and have worked with clients in a number of different locations pretty much across the world on a number of different areas, everything from leadership consulting to compensation to uh, HR effectiveness. And I think what's interesting about people analytics and about strategic workforce planning is that it brings a lot of those things together. Um, and so that's the role that I play. I work with clients' data and uh, play around with it and come up with insights. Glad to speak with you today. All right. Thanks to both of you for being here. And so when we talk about workforce planning, of course, it is a topic that involves a lot of change and a lot of people might seem unsure of what all's involved with that. So today's skills needs seem to be changing rapidly for organizations. Given this, is strategic workforce planning still important? Yeah, so I think, uh, yes, skills are changing very rapidly. I think what we're seeing in the industry is a lot of convergence of different industries. So most industries are getting disrupted by technology or are embracing technology in different ways. What that does mean is that there are a lot of changes in the skills and, you know, the redundancy of skills is changing pretty rapidly. Um, And, you know, skills that were really important uh, two years ago may not be even on the radar for most organizations today. That said, uh, where we really think that there is a space for strategic workforce planning and the reason that we see a lot of organizations focusing on it is because there are some innate skills which are more behavioral driven. 
things like being able to work in a team, things like being able to adapt to a constantly changing landscape, and so adaptability, uh, things like having to learn new skills and having learnability that continue to be very, very important. And what organizations are really doing is looking at how they can plan for those kind of skills for the longer term. I think what's interesting for us is to see how organizations define strategic workforce planning uh, differently from a few years ago, uh, where a strategic workforce plan a few years ago would be five years out, um, you know, in some cases even longer. Most organizations are now thinking about a strategic workforce plan that's about 24 to 36 months out. Um, but really, like I said, focusing on those core behaviors and then thinking of the technical skills as more of an add-on that they can train their people up on or buy from the market. But Ranjan, you've been in this industry for a lot longer than I have. Uh, what's your view? What have you seen changing because of the skills needs changing so rapidly? No, that's uh, that, the points you made, Neil, are, are, are perfectly on, on point there. Uh, one of the things I would uh, point out, though, that um, the problem of changing skills had always been there. Uh, what has changed is the rate of change. So uh, the, what we are seeing around us is happening at a much, much faster clip than what we would have seen 20, 30 years back. And that makes workforce planning even more relevant to an organization. If the organization is not really ready for to adopt and address the changes that is taking place around them, uh, they will fail. And um, the nature of workforce planning uh, needs to adopt and go beyond headcount planning to more uh, being strategic. You know, we have been calling strategic workforce planning for a long period of time. But really, most organizations do headcount planning and less strategic workforce planning. And with this fast-moving change, the organizations need to shift gear and move towards strategic workforce planning. So that's how I would, I would, I would sort of characterize what is happening around us today. No, I, and I think it's interesting. I, I think the distinction that Ranjan made, I think, is uh, critically important. I think most organizations, when they're thinking about workforce planning, don't really distinguish between what we call operational workforce planning, which is more of the here and now. And, you know, that is critically important for organizations. They need to know how many people they have, where, how much they're paying them. But that's not a strategic workforce plan. And I think sometimes organizations get a little confused about which is which. Yeah, I mean, and, and this is a term which has been uh, very, um, I would say, abused over the years. Um, so some organizations might call workforce planning, and they're essentially doing a budget-driven headcount exercise. Some organizations have moved beyond that and at least looking at pivotal roles and doing more uh, linkage analysis with the business performance and finding out which are the pivotal roles and how they can plan for it. And then there are really transformative organizations who are doing workforce planning, where operational and strategic workforce planning are sort of overlapped over one another. So they have a strategic workforce plan that gets operationalized in a more near term as they move through the timeline, right? So it is... Um, more real-time, 
perhaps uh, you know driven by predictive models on both demand and supply side around the pivotal roles. Um, but again, I mean, not many organizations are there yet. Great point, guys. Thanks so much for that answer and for tossing some ideas back and forth, which will definitely help our listeners out. I know one thing that was mentioned were things like teamwork, learning ability, and long-term planning, which I think are evergreen skills and things that will always happen no matter what changes. But of course, with a topic and with an industry that is changing, like you said, very, very rapidly, how are organizations going about doing strategic workforce planning, and are they building these capabilities internally to make sure they keep up? Organizations are realizing the demand for strategic workforce planning on the HR leaders, the CHROs, are actually becoming more acute. Uh, the, The business and the CEOs are not just happy with what you called operational or headcount planning, right? They want to know where the organization should go, which skills are going to be relevant, how can they actually think both short-term and long-term and address the needs. So organizations are actually uh, very actively, and that is very encouraging for the overall field of people analytics, are actually trying to uh, move away from the, the, the budget-driven headcount planning and are doing uh, additional analysis around pivotal roles in organizations. They're trying to see how numbers in a particular role are linked with the actual business performance and really build a uh, strategic workforce plan around certain roles. Now, when you think about this problem, you don't really need to do build strategic workforce plans for all your employees. You need a headcount plan for all your employees, but you don't need strategic workforce plans for all your employees. You need strategic workforce plans for your pivotal employee population. What I mean by pivotal employee population, these are the employee groups who have a, a disproportionate impact on uh, uh, one of the core objectives of the organization for a um, uh, profit-seeking firm that can be profitability or revenue. For a nonprofit, it might be uh, the core objective of the organization itself. But it's really an understanding who those employees are, what those roles are, and then planning for it is, is becoming more and more critical because it's at the survival of the organization itself. Uh, Neil, your thoughts? I think, um, Holly, like you mentioned, some of those behavioral skills are critically important and have been important forever. I think where we see a slight distinction between the past and now is the amount of data that you can potentially gather about whether your population has those skills or not. So we are seeing a lot more of the inputs from things like assessment um, coming in as firms think about those skills. So you really want to make sure that the persons that you are hiring are people who are able to deal with ambiguity. Um, And now you're able to do that through assessing folks. But for all of that to happen, you need the strategic workforce plan in the first place to actually kind of project out how many people you need with what skills. And that's where strategic workforce planning is becoming an important muscle for organizations to develop internally 
But where they work with organizations like ours, like a consulting firm, is really kind of thinking about the broader linkages of that strategic workforce plan. So that it doesn't remain a plan that is an ether, but is connected to all of the other HR processes, like assessment, like engagement. So when you think about pivotal roles, you want to make sure that your persons who are in those pivotal roles are engaged. You want to make sure that they're well compensated. You want to make sure that you know you are competing with those folks, probably with the market, and so you want to make sure that your employee value proposition really appeals to them. So that's where we are seeing organizations sort of develop the muscle of uh, doing strategic workforce planning, but sort of doing that together with external organizations, because then that brings in that outside in view. And just to add one more thing, because you do this, it, it you know, I mean, we are saying we are working with a number of organizations where they are even changing where they need to be, you know, um, as an organization, the locations they need to be. Uh, to actually address the kind of skills they need in the future. Uh, and we are seeing more and more of that because, uh, you know, I mean, uh, when you think about the critical skills and the, uh, for the roles you need in your organizations, which are pivotal to your organization's survival, you might discover that uh, your compensation programs don't work for the group you're trying to attract. Or uh, the places we are, you are currently located may not have the supply pool you're really requiring to make that um, successful, any endeavor in those directions successful. So uh, it is becoming very well connected. Your plan is basically guiding the rest of how you manage people in the organization. Uh, and so it is becoming so important. And it's related to the first question you asked around the changing skills. It's a, it's a fast-moving, rapid-paced environment, which is making this extremely critical. All right. Thanks, guys. And so, Neil, you mentioned assessment, engagement, and some things that are needed to make sure that everything is being carried out in the best and most effective way possible. And then when we also bring change into that conversation, I think one of the biggest drivers of change over the last year, over the last 10 years, over the last 20, has been technology. So what role does technology play in the strategic workforce planning process? Neil, how about you start us off with this one? Sure. Um, great question, Holly. And I, I think you're absolutely right. Technology is one of the key drivers of making strategic workforce planning both important but also more effective. Like I mentioned, I think what's different about strategic workforce planning, let's say, from five years ago, is that you have a lot more data. Now, you have a lot more data because a lot of it can sit in your HR technology. Where we are seeing organizations that are a little forward thinking use uh, strategic workforce planning well is really leveraging that data. So really looking at you know who are my pivotal employees, what are the things that matter to them, and really establishing the case through data or to talk about what Ranjan talked about in terms of location. I think a lot of organizations know that they're going to hit a retirement cliff. But what is interesting is now they are able to quantify what that retirement cliff is going to look like. They're able to use technology to model out how many people are likely to retire, because as you probably know, Americans are retiring later and later. So you can model it out. 
and then have a strategy in place to make sure that those roles which are going to go empty because of retirement are actually filled in with the right kind of people. And that has implications in terms of how you do succession planning, in terms of how you look at external locations, how you look at your own employer brand. Um, and so that is, again, where technology is playing a big role because you are now able to also assess what your external employer brand is like through sites like LinkedIn, where you would actually be able to get a sense of what the sentiment is. The other way that we are seeing firms use technology more effectively is to do more sentiment analysis on just their population of employees and what, what they're thinking and what their mood is by doing more frequent pulses or really trying to look at just some sentient AI kind of tools that would give you the mood of the organization. So there are a number of interesting ways that we see organizations using technology, all with the intent of making sure that you have the right kind of workforce for the future. Um, but Ranjan, you work with a lot of these organizations that are more cutting edge, that are working on really interesting uh, uh, kind of analytics projects. Um, anything that pops to you in mind or anything that, you know, you worked on recently? Yeah, Neil, I mean, this is this is very, very important. Technology helps um, workforce planning both to build workforce plan as well as to deploy them within organizations. And I see four places where technology is actually adding value and will continue to add value. Uh, number one, it helps with aggregation of data from disparate sources. When you're building a workforce plans, you need data, not from a single source, but across different sources to really uh, make calls around how and where the employees should be located and where they should be, uh, what is the demand and what is the supply. So whether that is external data source or internal data source, technology can play a huge role in aggregating that data and putting them together for decision making. So that's one. Uh, number two um, is technology can play a very good role in modeling uh, people data, whether that is scenario modeling or building mini models on the demand and supply side from the data you have aggregated, uh, you need some kind of a tool, which is always typically, you know, with technology advancement, typically very easily done within a technology platform. So that's a second area. The third area where I see technology playing a huge role is what I call visualizing this data. Uh, many times it might be easy to get the data together and build the models, but if you don't visualize them so that they are easily distributed and comprehended by the business population, um, the value from the data aggregation or modeling gets lost. So that's the third area where technology is increasingly playing a big role. And then the fourth area where um, technology would play a role is how do you act on the results of your strategic workforce plans, right? Because there is an element of action to workforce planning. And if that doesn't get done, your plans are of no value. So how does technology enable that actioning, uh, acting on the models and the plans, whether that is with regards to hiring, whether that is regards to developing the employees who are identified as critical for the future, 
Um, whether that is uh, with regards to offering the right learning programs, uh, making sure the ro rewards are aligned with the different roles. Uh, there are various ways this can uh, fall through, but technology plays a huge role in there. All right, guys, thanks so much for explaining all of that to us. And so you mentioned one of the biggest things that has changed in strategic workforce planning from, let's say, five years ago is that we have so much more data and that if you're using strategic workforce planning well, you're leveraging this influx of data in an effective way. Could you build on that a little bit and also let us know what other changes have you seen in workforce planning over the last five years? I think how we have seen organizations use that data and use technology, like Ranjan said, is really kind of visualizing it and really looking at creating predictive models. Uh, when you are looking at, we are working with a lot of organizations where they're looking at their data and doing predictive attrition modeling. Now that is an important feed into your entire strategic workforce plan because it's important for you to identify who are those people that are most likely to leave. And the reason that you're able to do that is because you now have all of this information, historical information around people um, in terms of their engagement levels, in terms of their rewards, in terms of their uh, role changes over years, uh, their percentile positioning. All of the data has been available in disparate sources for a number of years, but you know it's it's now that firms have started bringing that together. But data is data, and for a data nerd like me, I love the data and I love the correlation factors. But what really matters to business users is when they're able to actually see that in the form of a dashboard that is appealing to them and that they can really read. And that's where technology, again, from a visualization standpoint, is really helping organizations tell that story about their people a whole lot better than they were perhaps able to do in the past. I mean, think about it. If you were stuck on a PowerPoint where you had only static slides and you had to look through 50 slides, that's going to be really, really boring. And no business leader is going to sit through those. On the other hand, you send them an interactive dashboard that they can play around with. Uh, that they can filter for themselves, uh, that's a lot more engaging. So that's how we're seeing firms use technology. Um, and, and what, therefore, I think is different from five years ago is the business leaders asking for a lot of this information and saying, we want to really know and get into the nitty-gritties rather than leaving it just to the HR function. Uh, but Ranjan, what's your view? What have you seen different? No, I think I think you captured this very well, Neil. I think uh, the main difference what I see is data by itself we have now in plenty. If I compare five years back, six, uh, ten years back, data used to be there, but not as uh, as much as we are seeing. And this is an uh, almost an exponential curve. We will see more and more data which actually makes the question of getting insights out of your data more important. Getting more data is not necessarily good unless you're able to process the data and generate the business-relevant insights. Uh, and that's the main problem right now. Uh, you know, 10 years back, since data was not as uh, prevalent as what we have now, getting that data itself was a big, big deal. We are now in a position that um, 
just getting data is not enough. How do you interpret this data? How do you actually combine that data in a dashboard with respect to other elements and then really generate the insights? Um, and that has become the challenge now. So when we think about building strategic workforce planning, you would have lots of data, but what part of data do you use? What parts do you throw away? And how do you combine and generate the insights? And that has, I think, uh, you know, uh, predominantly changed over the, the last five years. Organizations are beginning to understand that data by itself can also, you know, can lead to an overload. How do you really get the kernels of insight out of that data, which you now you have in plenty, to get to the, the core business problems and answers? And we'll let that point take us to the end of today's episode. And so thank you so much for spending some time with us, Neil and Ranjan. I hope you enjoyed your time here. Is there anything you'd like to leave with our listeners? No, we had a great time. Uh, thanks for having us, uh, Holly. And if there are any questions or thoughts from uh, our uh, listeners, you know, please feel free to reach out to us and we would love to connect with them. Absolutely. We appreciate that. And so just as a quick reminder to everyone that we have with us today, you can head on over to hci.org for plenty of free workforce planning content, which will help you on your path to becoming a strategic HR practitioner. And as we come to this episode's end, be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed your time with us. You can find HCI on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on the YouTube channel HCI Talent. If you're listening on iTunes, please give us a rating. Your rating helps other professionals and talent-minded people discover the program. We'd like to close by saying thank you to our listeners for spending some time with us and for 9 to Thrive HR and all of us here at HCI. We appreciate you for tuning in.